Okay, tell me why this week was the week to test me. Really just like, this was the one. Everything was going so well for too long. I think I said this in the first episode of this podcast about chasing the sad, where it's like this cycle of things go up, 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 really, really good. Things are awesome. And then all of a sudden it's like crash down, burn, like everything's awful. I want to die. I'm so upset. My life has no direction. What? I'm sick of it. So anyways, this week I cried on the street of New York City listening to 16 Carriages by Beyonce. Um, Amazing song. So good. That and Texas Hold'em. Oh! Mama. Country. I love it. Beyonce. Texas. Carter Knowles. Like, are you dumb? This is what this is what we've all been waiting for. Now, I'm not really a music person. If you know me, you know I like, you know, I enjoy music. I think it's very natural for the human conscious to just enjoy the sound of music in general. But I'm not really like a a pop culture music follower, but Beyoncé? Beyoncé, sweetie, Beyoncé, that one, she's it. And especially this 16 Carriages, this beautiful story about the pressure she had from being a young person, like, with her parents. Oh, gosh. It was... Oh, I loved it. I think I like it more than Texas Hold'em. Now, Texas Hold'em is fun. The energy... Oh, that's... I'm like, I'm gonna be line dancing in the club. Are you kidding? I just lied. When am I, when am I ever gonna go to a club? Okay, but that's this is the thing. I'm feeling so stuck in the monotonous rut of life right now you know it was fun to have like a nine to five for about two weeks rolling into the third fourth week of it I'm realizing wow wow I don't want to do this at all (laughs) it's so ironic I just did an episode about quitting and I'm like maybe I'm gonna stop no bitch I'm a quitter and I'm gonna keep quitting things I'm not gonna quit this job I can't logistically I like I can't, but it doesn't mean that I want to go every day, which is, it's a job. I get it. I I get it. I'm just, I'm so unwell. (laughs) Trigger warning. If uh, you are not in a great headspace, maybe don't listen to this episode and wait uh, for the next one. But also, if you are also in a negative headspace, maybe we can just commiserate together. That's all. That's what Psychic Trash is all about. Okay. We all got our things going on. Oh my god, there's a hair sticking out of my microphone. Whoa, I wonder if that sounded weird. I've been thinking a lot about the city, just in general. Uh, If you don't know, I moved here in August, and it was really hard to transition into... First of all, living on your own for the first time. College does not count, first of all. So if you're still in college and listening to it, you're not living on your own. You're living with your friends, and you're at school. Living on your own actually is so jarring and no one actually prepares you for that at all i think i've told every person still at school if they're planning on moving to wait a year or more and save up at more money than you think you need i say how much money do you think you need saved to get to the city they tell me a number i say okay double that that's the number you actually need because i saved no money and i moved to the city (laughs) stupid 
But I just, I was, we were ready to get out here, you know, and we also, an apartment just fell into our lap. It, it all just worked out too perfectly. We couldn't say no. So that's why we're here. And it's really, I'm feeling like I, I'm getting chewed up here. And, but I'm not even, you know, the saying that's you miss all the shots you don't take. That's the thing. Like, I feel like I'm throwing all my darts at a dartboard and I just keep missing and I'm running out of darts. You know, I keep trying to throw something. I'm just, uh, hit, hit it, make it hit. But I'm running out. I only got like three darts left. What am I supposed to do? And my success rate has been pretty low. So what, like, I just don't know. I just don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. Adding to this, in Central Park, there's an owl named Flacco who last February, February 2023, his net enclosure was cut open by someone and the owl went free. And for a whole year, this owl that the city named Flacco was living in Central Park, flying around the city and represented this like, you can't tame us. You can't knock us down. We're going to be free. Isn't it so nice to just fly and feel the sun on your wings? Well, um, he died. He hit a building just the other day. So he had about a year of freedom and now he's dead. Poor RIP Flacco just learned about you today. And I just couldn't help but wonder what a metaphor that owl is for the city. This place is addicting. There's something about the city that pulls you in, that makes you feel buzzing with excitement and life and opportunity. But then at the same exact time, it is slapping you on the face, pushing you and kicking you when you're down. And I love it. You, like, what is wrong with that? We are in an abusive relationship with New York City. And that is my honest opinion. I walk out on the street in the morning and I live in a, I live in an area by two really big parks. So a lot of people have dogs around me and my sidewalk is just littered in dog shit. Everywhere I step is dog shit. I have to meticulously move around the dog shit. I've stepped in dog poop too many times. I'm over it. I'm done. This place is dirty. It is so filthy. There has been a rat carcass on the sidewalk next to our apartment on my way to the one train every single day this week. And no one has done anything about it because they don't care. There's not like, okay, back, you know, in the back roads when a deer is hit, there's a whole team and committee that comes and drives around the streets and picks up carcasses. Because, yeah, we're going to clean it. We're going to get it out of there and make sure everything looks nice and pretty on our beautiful roads. The city, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, rat carcass, dog shit, trash piled up sky high. I've never existed in a place that is so filthy. I feel like I haven't taken an actual deep breath in months. I've been here for, let's see, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. I've been here seven months, almost eight yeah, wow, that's a, that's a long time to go without breathing fresh air. I don't know about you, but that's that's how I feel. And oh, the can I just ah oh, the subway? I oh, it just I'm so sick and tired of riding the subway. And it's if I didn't have to pay for it, it would be so much easier. But uh, with my job, I have to ride it a lot because I travel a lot between the different boroughs. And I get paid for travel, which is fierce, but it's minimum wage. So I'm actually, after taxes, getting about $8. So 
but in one day I can be spending $8 on the subway. In a week, the past three weeks, I've spent $50 to $70 alone just on transportation on the subway. Isn't that sickening? That is fucking disgusting. There, I have friends who live downtown and I never see them because I can't just keep spending money to go all the way. Like, it's ridiculous and I feel bad. I feel so bad, but I can't keep spending money like that willy-nilly. And that's all the city is, is spending money every single day. You cannot leave your apartment without spending at least $20, at least. So what do I do in turn? I, I sit in my apartment and that's, I'm, I'm having a good time here too. But then when I'm sitting in my apartment, all I'm reminded of is, oh, I'm not doing anything. I should be socializing. I should be working on my next project. I should be, I don't, I should be advancing my career, but I'm like, what even is my career? What do I, what am I even trying to do? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like sick of being on edge at all times. I walk down the street with my shoulders like clenched because I never know who's going to talk to me, who's going to scream at me. The other day, like Matt was walking through the street and someone was like, move, bitch. Like that's it's a it's funny, but also I don't know if that was at night or a different time. Like maybe that could have escalated into something dangerous because, okay, the other night I was on the subway coming back from Drunk Shakespeare. So it was really late. It was like maybe 1230, 1 a.m. And these two guys in tuxedos came on the train and they had these like big bow ties that were neon and colorful and they looked really cute. They were clearly a gay couple and they were sitting together and across from them, the, the train was also crowded, like shoulder to shoulder. Across from them was this guy with white bleached hair, tattoos everywhere and um, pink sneakers. And he's really, he like looked eclectic and fun. And then he started, I was, I was just trying to read my book and, but I was also eavesdropping because I felt curious about what this conversation would escalate into and this guy was talking to the men in the bow ties and was like where are you guys coming from like what do you do i dress like that coming from a party whatever whatever eventually the conversation goes into yeah sometimes people here are just so weird like they won't even look you in the eyes and he was like look me in the eyes why aren't you looking me in the eyes and he was like i i am looking you in the eyes and he said, what's, what's your problem, buddy? And then the guy in the bow tie says, our sugar daddy said that we can't talk to strangers. And then the guy with the bleached hair does a little chuckle to himself. And he's like, you got to apologize to me right now. Apologize to me right now. What the fuck is up with this gay shit? And I was like, am I, I'm, what, what am I about to witness right now? I, meanwhile, I'm sitting a foot away from these people. Uh, one foot. And this is whatever. Anyways, then... The guy in the bow tie stands up and then the pink, <laughs> the guy with the pink shoes, he stands up and decks him across the face, full face punch. Then these two go at it, are like wrestling each other back and forth. Then they fall, both of them fall onto me, little old me in my pink horse girl jacket. They fall onto me, push me against the fucking window. I like have to push them off of me and I scramble to the back of the seat because everyone, it was a shoulder to shoulder train. Everyone had skedaddled in the opposite directions, but I couldn't escape because I was in the middle of it all. So I just had to press up against the window to get as far away from them as possible. They bent my hand backwards when they pushed me against the wall. So I was like in pain. I thought like my arm was fucking broken and these guys were just knocking each other back and forth punch punch gut punch wrestle str like strangling each other it was fucking insane and everyone around them was like stop 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 and i was just 
sitting there frozen like what the fuck just happened i i don't want to be here anymore eventually the train stops and these two guys pull them off of each other and the guy with the pink shoes he gets off the train and the police come on and they're like what the fuck was going on what happened and the guys in the bow tie gave like a statement and they went after the other guy that left but they he was saying crazy shit. He was saying, like, he was going to kill them. And I was like, am I going to witness a fucking hate crime in the middle of this, in, on this subway train at 1 a.m. right now? Like, I, I can't do it. I can't. So that was just one instance. Um, but that was, like, pretty scary because I was physically involved. Obviously, I wasn't a target. I was more, like... Um, I was a rebound <laughs> like they just ricocheted off of me but it still fucking hurt and it was scary like I don't know I was fine I was maybe being a little dramatic about my wrist getting broken it didn't get broken it just got pushed back weird and it was sore for like an hour and then it was fine but it was enough for me to be shaken in the boots mama t hunty sister and I just <laughs> I didn't I didn't like it <laughs> and you can't blame me for that but then on the other hand, there's absolute beauty here and love. And it is such an artistic place. If you really look between the edges, it is so artistic and there's so much culture. My favorite part living here so far has been every single street, avenue, borough, town, anywhere you go in the city, it will never look the same as the last one you were at. And I never knew that. I thought the city all looked the same. I thought it was like the concrete jungle, wet dream tomato. I thought it was all that. But it's really not. There's like brownstone buildings. There's beautiful parks. Then you have like the shiny metal skyscrapers. Then you have the more down to earth brick buildings. Like it's so impressive. I don't know. It, there's so much history here and it's cool to live in a place like that. It's also, I feel very lucky that I have the means to be here and to have so many friends here. And it feels, it truly does feel like I'm making the next steps, but it's very hard to feel. I, we, I'm so over our generation and I'm sick. Of, <laughs> I was born in the wrong generation because we were born in the age of the internet and instant gratification for everything so it is so difficult to feel like i'm progressing when everything is moving so fast around you but in reality everything moves slowly but that's not what we're seeing that's not what we're that's not what's projected into our minds that's not what we see on our screens that even when our friends are talking to us it seems like people are zooming past and Listen, we're, I, I'm not alone in this. We're all feeling the same way. But it just, it's disheartening sometimes. It really, uh, it is. And I'm just like so over living paycheck by paycheck. I know I'm not special, okay? But I'm allowed to yell about it. We, like most of, anyone who's listening to this probably is paycheck to paycheck. And if you're not good for, like fierce, that's fierce because you're probably working really hard or doing something really cool or I don't know, like this stuff. I don't, you know, everyone has to work hard. And I think I've always, I've always struggled with working hard. I wouldn't categorize myself as a hard worker. I think I, I think I can be, I'm creative. I think I'm fun. I think I'm a good energy. 
But hard worker, not so much. I like to show up and hang out and get paid to do that. But guess what? <laughs> That's not really a thing. That doesn't happen. That's not normal for people. I like feeling a part of the organism that is the city. In its own way, it's its own creature. And like I was saying before earlier, the buzz and the excitement of being in it is really compelling. I don't I don't know where else I'd want to be because the fact that I could at any moment just turn a corner and an opportunity that I never thought for myself could be there is so compelling. Because if I were to move back home, that would actually be being stuck and not moving anywhere. At least here, you always know there's the potential, there's the opportunity, something's burning under the surface, you know, there's, and that is what makes it so desirable to stay. And I'm gonna stay. I mean, I I don't like the idea of a five-year plan because no one can actually predict what's gonna happen in the next five years or even plan for it because you know it's gonna be different from what you say five years ago. If you look look at yourself five years ago, what did you think your five-year plan was? Are you doing what your five-year plan is? Maybe you are. Because, you know what, if you're still in college, then it's like, yeah, I was going to go to college. Easy. That's an easy one. For me, if I made a five-year plan last year, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, did I think I was going to have a podcast? No. <laughs> but you know what? I, something, things just pop up. They just happen. They just fucking go. I hate to say, oh, no, I don't even hate to say it because it's true. Money does buy happiness. And if you don't think it does, you're a fucking liar, okay? Because tell me right now, if you had $100 million, you wouldn't be like elated, fucking like freaking out about having that. This is a real question. Think right now, what is an, like any amount of money do you think you would be able to live a fully 100% successful, happy, content life? Doesn't have to be lavishly luxury. Just like to exist comfortably, what's your number? Because honestly, mine is, n it's not six figures to live comfortably. As a two-person household, as a young 20-year-old, I don't need six figures. Would I fucking love? Sure, of course I would. But yeah, I'm just curious. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like, what's the what's the number that you would be like, yeah, no, I could, I could do that. Because, well, here's the thing. I'm doing it now way below my projected number. I am. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. It's a struggle. Sure. The second I have money... It goes away towards something else, but I'm I, I'm yet to be in the red, which is I'm lucky. There's I have no emergency funds, which is a little scary. But again, I have a good support system back home. If anything is awful, I I don't know. I'm sounding a little bit like a whiny brat. I think just a bit. But again, that's what this is for. Sometimes it's good to just scream about it and <laughs> let it let it be heard, you know, because uh, you just need to. You just need to. And I love, I love this place. I, my five, so in my five-year plan is to stay here for five years and just see what happens. You know, I'd, I'll still be in my twenties in five years. And it, how fun is it to say that in my twenties, I lived in New York city. And then when I'm older than that, I can take it. I can take what I learned off on ship it somewhere else. But I also don't want to put, 
because I feel like there's a pressure on all of us now start laying the seeds for the next big thing to happen, you know? And if you're not, then you're like, what, well, what am I doing? Am I just wasting my time here? That's a li- and that's a little bit what it feels like. Cause who's going to ever be content doing one thing for the rest of their life. I am not, I am not, I'm such a Gemini. It's so frustrating. I'm just a whipping tornado that just needs to blow through everything as fast as it possibly can. And then I don't know, leave a havoc and it's wreck. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. I don't know. But I'm like a tornado that gives hugs and kisses, you know? (laughs) I have a special friend who is visiting the city this weekend, and I am very happy that you're here, and I know you're listening to this, and I love you, and I'm seeing you later after I finish recording this episode. So kisses to you, my girl. It's Angelica. Surprise. If anyone didn't say Angelica this weekend, aw, you missed her. But, yeah, she's here. I did something exciting. I auditioned for something. I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. This was... So I moved to the city seven months ago, and I've recorded two auditions and gone to none in person. <laughs> me being like, why isn't, my, why isn't nothing happening for me and I'm not doing anything? <laughs> Please. Anyways, it was for the Dungeons & Dragons live show the official Dungeons and Dragons licensed show. So it's existed before it's still off Broadway, but it existed before with a lower budget, kind of like critical role where it's, you know, audience participation live. You're just playing D and D with characters, but this is like bigger theater, bigger budget, big, big, big time. Oh my gosh. Like how perfect is that for someone like me? It's only five actors, it's really chill. There's one character that their whole role is like being an actor, but they're the sound effects. They're like the lighting, sound, and music improv person during the campaign. And I would eat that up. Are you kidding? Anyways, the audition was really cool. It was just a, it was a pre-screen um, to get an in-person one. But basically you had to do uh, an introduction to who you are, your experience playing Dungeons and Dragons, tell your favorite joke, Um, then you had to say, then you had to read one of the sides. It was like probably a DM narration is what it sounded like. And then the last one, my favorite part was they sent a Google drive link of a bunch of different D and D characters. And they said, pick a picture, make up a character and introduce them to us and be that character with like a voice or, and mannerisms. Um, and that was very, oh, it was very silly. I found this, uh, there was like this hippo character and I was like, Admiral Hippo. And it was, uh, I was a French, uh, fashionista paladin, royal guard. It was, oh, it was fun. And it was just silly to just act like a fool in my apartment and film it and send it. And I haven't heard back from them and I probably won't. And that's fine. Like, it's okay. It was at least every time I I do an audition, I feel better about myself and like, okay, I'm doing the thing, but eventually it's got, it feels pretty sucky not to book anything, you know, but that's the grind. That's what I'm doing. I do. I was asked to be a part of a project that I'm not going to talk about right now because I don't know exactly what's happening with it yet because it's still in its very early stages, but it sounds exciting, and uh, it, I, I'm excited to put energy into something that is creative, that's theatrical-related. Um, is it going to be career-advancing? 60% chance it won't be, but, like, there's... You know what I mean? Like, there's always a chance that 
it will be. Also, I guess any time that you do a little bit of your art, you're advancing. And uh, you just, I, you gotta remind yourself of that. I, I feel like I need to do an episode talking about art because I think a lot of people know me as an artist and I would also, like a, a physical artist, like, um, you know, drawing. And I would also call myself an artist, but I've never, I don't, I haven't like really done anything in that except sell a couple commissions, which, hey, I, I've sold art. I can say I'm a professional artist. You know what I mean? I'm a, a, definitely a freelance artist. But that's a skill that I don't put the time into practicing. And why don't I do that? Well, here's the truth. Because every time I... Uh, I'm such... Uh, this is... I should have talked about this in the quitting episode. I am a results-orientated person. I... Process is so frustrating for me i know that some people are like well the process is the best part that's where you get to play and explore all i care about is how something looks at the end and maybe that's not great as an artist it definitely is not because you have to learn to love the process because that's how your final product actually looks good and i have to constantly remind myself that but yeah, I can't, everything is like, if you want to get better at art, spend 20 minutes a day sketching. I can't do that. I hate doing that. But I should. What? I don't know. Guys, can s someone give me a horse tranquilizer and put me to bed for 18 years? I just, ah, I, ooh, that's how, I, and that is how I feel. <laughs> and that is what I need. Someone sedate me. Someone Put me down, 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 down by the river. That uh, flow me down in a bed of satin, <laughs> in a bed of roses, all that. I'm so sad about that owl. That is so upsetting. Like, who? I need to read. I need to read about this boy. Like, oh, he's beautiful. He's an uh, Eurasian eagle owl. Oh my goodness. New York mourns Flacco, an owl who inspired as he made the city his own. Guys, like what? It's so upsetting. This poor little boy. <laughs> Flacco was found dead on a New York City sidewalk Friday night after apparently flying into a building. It was a heartbreaking end for the birders who documented the owl's daily movements and the legions of admirers who eagerly followed along. Oh no. Oh, the normally vocal owl whose hours of hooting became a nightly song in the Upper West Side had been quieter in the days before his death. Oh, Flacco was freed from his cage at the zoo a little over a year ago by a vandal who breached a waist-high fence and cut a hole through a steel mesh cage. The owl had arrived at the zoo as a fledgling 13 years earlier, so he was there since he was a baby. Honestly, that person that cut him free, good for him. Like, let this baby be free. I guess it's a lesson that he probably would have lived longer if he wasn't out and flying around because owls are not supposed to be flying around in the city. So maybe, maybe he shouldn't have done that, actually. But uh, it created this, like, community around it. And that's, oh, that's another thing that's so beautiful. There is something so magnetic and energetic about being around people. It, it It's so, there, people are dangerous, but also exciting. And that, I'm missing a little bit of solitude that I got from living in the country and in the forest. And, but at the same time, 
you can't feel like an individual if there aren't other people around. Does that make sense? Because if you're just alone by yourself, you're individual, but you're also alone. You can't be individual. You can't stand out from other people or be your own person if you're the only one around. At least that makes sense to me. And I feel myself blossoming here. And I think if I were to pull myself out of it, pull myself out of people, pull myself out of community, I would crumble and diminish and become a little hobbit hermit, which is my goal. But when I'm 60, not now, not when I'm 20, I want, I, I want to be able to be that old person who tells crazy stories about my life. That should always be the goal. And I'm so afraid of getting older, but not in the vain way. I don't care about looking older. I'm so afraid of my body deteriorating. I've always had a weird relationship with my body and ability and the second that it starts being dysfunctional, I'm gonna freak out. I know I'm gonna freak out. I have Lyme, I don't know if anyone knows this. Hey, growing up in upstate New York, you gotta get Lyme disease. Uh, If anyone doesn't know, that's when you get bit by a tick and it infects you with Lyme. Anyways, I was infected when I was 11 years old. And so since then, uh, basically, long-term Lyme affects your joints. So I, I, I'm mostly okay for, I, I, I mean, I'm alive and I can walk and run and do, I can lift weights. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm fine, but on days where it's rainy or the pressure in the air is weird, they lock up and it's hard for me to walk sometimes. And so sometimes when my knee locks up, then my hip locks up because they're connected and it's just a bad train of disaster. So I'm like already there. (laughs) My body's already deteriorating a little bit. And I mean, I have Lyme disease, so it's just, that's going to continue. I don't know. I don't know what that means for me as I continue getting older. I don't know. It's scary. You'd think that walking around the city all the time would get you like toned as fuck. Bitch, no, it doesn't. Because your body acclimates to that movement so quickly that it does, it's not a workout anymore. So your, your body is just used to that. It's not challenging. Bitch, no, you're, you're used to it. So your body isn't going to burn more. Like, no, that's a, that's a fib. That is a fib. And also I, I can't wait to sit down (laughs) whenever I am anywhere. I'm like, all right, let's sit standing in the subway. Nope. Not anymore. When I first got here, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be that person that like stands in the subway the whole time. And I like hold on to the bar. I'm like, that girl. No, I'm sitting. I'm sitting. I'm spreading my legs. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, that's it. people. It's fun to not. <laughs> it's such a crowded space, but people don't really care about other people's surroundings. And I've been kind of leaning into that. Like, you just got to do you. You know what I mean? Be a good, be a nice person, but just do you. Push through the crowd. Get in there first. Who cares? It's like, whatever. Whatever, Mary. <laughs> yeah lee pointed something out to me that actually makes me feel better and i'm also going to tie this into the entertainment spotlight of the week because i've been watching sex in the city on hbo so good this the series so i used to watch it over my mom's shoulder when i was a kid i she's obsessed with this show loves it and that was this was the first time i saw like sex on tv and I was, like, way too young to be watching it. She let me watch it, though. She didn't fucking care. Still turned out gay, so whatever. 
saw boobs and still was like, nah, nah, not for me. No, boobs are great. Anyways, okay. Hunter, tangent, refresh. Anyways, Lee pointed out, I was complaining about only having free time on the weekends. And Lee was like, well, think about when you're watching Sex in the City, when they're out getting coffee in the morning or out club, it's the weekend for them. All those characters have full-time jobs and you don't see that part because that part of their life isn't interesting. The story and the excitement and the characters are what happen after and in between. It's okay. You you can just go to a job and just be at that job and then afterwards is where your life actually is. It's sad to have to make do with that because when you see people... Uh, I'm sick of online people because I see people who just get to live their life and that's their job. And of course that's, oh my gosh, I'm sure it's so hard to expose yourself online for money like that I'm, and have people criticize you and comment on what you say, what you do, how you act, how you react to things happening politically. Like I'm sure it is so hard to be a public figure like that, but I can't help but be jealous that they get to do literally whatever they want. You know what I mean? But anyways, I digress. It is okay to just be in a job that you just do, you know? And then you get to have those two days, Saturday and Sunday, where you, you do what you want. That's where you get to come through. Even in performing, like, yes, your job is doing the thing that you love to do, but if you're in a contract where you're doing the same show for six months, it's gonna end up feeling like a job, you know? The actors at Drunk Shakespeare have been, some of them have been doing it for three years. Could you imagine doing the same show for three years? That's insane. At least with like, this TV and movies, it's different. Every episode is a new script, every season, you know? That's the real tea. And there's, oh girl. I don't know. Ugh. I said this before, I want to get into it, but I don't know. I don't know how. I've been looking for student films on Playbill, but I haven't seen anything that's really piqued my interest recently. Also, I feel like uh, I don't I don't look like a TV person. I look too much like a person. Does that make sense? I just look I just look too normal. I don't look like TV normal cuz TV normal is not normal, but looks good on camera, you know? Speaking of TV, Avatar the Last Airbender, the live action. Okay. I have so I have mixed feelings and thoughts and opinions about this. Um the first episode, the first like the first the opening, the 5 minute like chase scene with the earthbenders and the firebenders, I was enthralled. I said this is going to be amazing. It looks amazing. It feels like gritty adult but like also exciting and adventure. And then the child actors came on. I said this before about the Percy Jackson series. I love that they're casting kids to play kids and play the ages that they actually are in the source material. But what happens then is you have child actors and child actors don't have experience with life and it comes across really, really cringy and tacky. I saw someone that was on TikTok that said the acting is giving Spy Kids acting. And it, oh, it really is. Also, there's something they're trying to be faithful to the animation. But the costumes are just like replicating from animated to like real clothes, but aren't adding texture. 
So they're just be, they're like they everything looks so flat and plain. You are doing Avatar the Last Airbender. Give me textiles, give me texture, give me pattern. Why why is it all so why is it all flat panels? What's going on and why do the wigs look so fake? And all of the actors are trying to sound like the voice actors. That part is so frustrating. Apparently, the creators of Avatar stepped away from the show, and I don't blame them. But I was, uh, we, me and Lee are now on episode six or something, and I, I'm enthralled. It's good. It's Avatar. It's still, av- I love that series. So I'm still enjoying it. And I think it did get better. I think that the first episode, the actors just knew the the burden they had on their shoulders to do this show and to do it well. And I think everyone was nervous. Everyone was shaking, quaking in their boots about this. They were, they were. So it gets, it gets better. It gets better. But what's the lesson we learned here? Um, life just genuinely kind of sucks sometimes and that's okay. As long as you are able to rake through the mud a little bit and find the thing that gives you joy it can be the smallest thing in the world then hey (laughs) you got a chance you know what i mean we all we're all doing the thing okay we're doing it give yourself you know what give yourself a pat on the back right now you made it through the day you're listening to the this is just the start or maybe the end of your day keep it rolling keep it pushing mary you got this we're gonna be okay we're gonna be fine Thank you for letting me rant and scream about my life for like 50 minutes. Appreciate it. (laughs) The people that listen to this, I'm very, very appreciative of you. Someone in Belgium listens. Thanks. Hey, you. What's up? What What are you doing here? Happy. Happy to have you around. All right. Let's roll into Drag Race. Um, First of all, I want to shout out Hayden, um, who got to see Bianca Del Rio do her live show for their birthday. So fierce. I bet that was so fun. Jealous of you. Hope she read you to shreds. So this Snatch Game. This was a weird one. Uh, It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, okay. Q as Amelia Earhart. She was funny. She was good. I thought that she maybe she she does what i do or she, she's thinking through the things she's saying as she's saying them so sometimes it cut and um it comes across uh, um a little stuttery and a little unclear and that's where she faltered the most but she had some good digs in there oh hello rue you look so small down there like that was a good way to start Surprised that they put her in the hot seat. That the first seat there are usually, and uh, plain Jane seats. The the two bookends are usually the best people, and I didn't. And I thought she was just fine. I did enjoy that she was like she had her little scarf and she was like flicking it the whole time, like she was flying through the air. I thought it that it was a creative idea. It didn't flop. She did well. I love that when tsunami was flopping, she was like, and they said I didn't have any direction of where I was going. That was good. That was really good. Moving on to tsunami, girl. No. And I know we knew this girl wasn't going to be good at Snatch Game. Why didn't why did she do a made up character? I mean, well, she could have, but she should have just had a personality. But I guess maybe that girl just doesn't have a personality. I love her. I saw her in person at pieces and uh, she's so beautiful and cute. I, I wanted her to do so good, but she just didn't. Yeah, I don't have much to say. She didn't say anything funny. It was all lost. She was she didn't know what she was doing. And then who was after Tsunami? I think it was 
Was it Jane Goodall? Yeah. Ooh. Nymphia as Jane Goodall was tough. I honestly, um, Morgan Lee's brother pointed this out. If there was a laugh track behind it, we probably would have thought it was funny. She was making monkey noise. Like, she was being silly. She, her paint looked really cool. Like, she looked like an old person. That was awesome. But I did, there was a part where she was like, oh, I thought I was here to give a talk. And RuPaul was like, nope, no, you're not. I was a little bit like, okay, well, that's maybe you should yes and her a bit. But that was a key in on how, like, maybe bad she actually was in the full edit. So uh, it was funny. And then who is after her? Okay. Dawn should have been in the bottom. What did she actually do? She was so boring and didn't have a single joke. And I'm just sick of her them pushing her through. She's not funny. She, she wasn't funny at all. She looked bad. Her runway was fine. No, this was bad. The only thing that made me laugh that she did is when um, Plain Jane was saying something. She wrote ew and with an arrow and like held it above her. That was the only thing that was funny. It was It kind of gave me... The Jessica Simpson Willem with the arrow a little bit, but not again. I felt like Dawn was just copying things that she'd seen from other people before. Like her first line being, Hey bitch. Like she knows that everyone who said, Hey bitch as their opener has won before and thought she was going to get away with that. No, Mary. No. Safira was great. She was so funny. Um, I was confused by her outfit. I didn't know how that was James Brown, but my, when the pit crew member like popped his pecs and then there was a quick, they didn't like make a moment of it, but Safira was also popping her pecs under the under her dress. It was, that was funny. That made me laugh really loud, but I thought she was good. She was like getting in there with Rue. They were volleying with each other more than I think Plane was volleying with Rue. Plane was funny, but... I think Severa really hit it, nailed it on the head with what you need from Snatch Game. Plasma was did a bad Patty Lapone impression and had one good. I'll drink to that and was safe. That's that's all I'll say about that. She was fine. I thought that Morphine was good. I guess I understand what they're saying. It was a little uninspired, but I think Dawn's was more uninspired than hers was. At least she committed to a character at least she had an accent and tried to make jokes i don't even think dawn even tried to make a joke she was just speaking like a girl i don't know bad okay maya was actually pretty funny i do think she just relied relied on one a one note kind of thing but at least she did something and i'm happy that it was satisfying to see her kind of break past her own shell of insecurity just a little bit you know and then Plane was pretty funny. She was good. This overall, this Snatch Game was booger. <laughs> no, it was like two people, three people did good. And then everyone else did like pretty bad. And then only one person really flopped. Eh, two people really flopped. That was Nymphia and Tsunami. Yeah, overall of, of a Snatch Game of the whole, I'd give it like a five out of 10. I was, I love Snatch Game. So it, I was excited to watch it, but. Okay, UK versus the World Season 2 is doing Snatch Game next week, so that'll be interesting. What even happened last week? Oh my god, last week's episode of UK versus the World was weird. Like, I don't know, Scarlet, yay, work, slay, girl. I don't know. Um, this isn't, we're not reviewing that on this. I don't have the time. <laughs> so, uh, talking about runway, Q's robot runway was good. Um, Tsunami looked beautiful, but it was boring. Nymphia's was really cool, and it saved her from being at the bottom. 
it was i loved it i loved seeing that i had never seen anything like that before on the runway and i've said that a lot with her so good on you good on you girl dawn looked cute but again it was plain it was a i feel like it would have been so justified if she was in the bottom two but they would never send that girl home they would never do that it's annoying um Sophia looked great that wig was fierce i don't know those shoes were busted but i thought they were cute i liked it i liked her little they liked it too i liked her little dance she was to drag you it eh, eh. that was funny uh plasma was <laughs> we 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 all watched it together and we were all just like pointing and laughing at her as she was tap dancing down the runway like bitch like what the fuck are you doing spinning like tap i girl you're too much i need you to breathe i love her though but this just wasn't her episode. It was just like a Let's Laugh at Plasma episode. Like, okay, you're doing Patty Lapone and it's bad. And now you're tap dancing down the runway in a stupid pink jumpsuit. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Why does she like to do like a silhouette with one little like leafy like scarf around it? Girl, I don't know. Get some fur, honey. Morphine looked beautiful. It was a little, it gave costume store specifically because it wasn't lined on the inside. And that seems to be a trend with her. That cheap polyester plasticky fabric with the white backing. Yeah, girl, maybe uh, update that next time. But hey, after this, she's going to have a lot of money. So she'll be fine. Maya's runway was bad. I don't know why they, Michelle was like, you know exactly who that girl is. You know what song she's dancing to. No, where was the, if she was doing hip hop, why didn't she do like Y2K or 90s hip hop? Where was the TLC? Where was like a big fuzzy hat? Where was, you know, I don't know. This was weird. I was like, what is this? Maybe I just don't get the reference, but it wasn't for me. Um, and then I thought plane looked fine. She looked beautiful. It was perfectly normal. Is it weird for her to do Latin ballroom? Is she Latinx? I don't know if she is or not. I, that maybe was weird to me because I'm not sure if she is. That was odd. But she looked pretty. Anyways, um, Plain wins the challenge. Uh, I think Safira won it for me, honestly. But hey, good for Plain. She's got two wins now. And the next one is a sewing challenge. So... God, I don't know. Maybe Dawn will finally get the win. But anyways, the lip sync. Morphine and Tsunami in the bottom two. I was a little annoyed by it, but I think they tried to push a storyline of the two friends being in the bottom. Whatever. It was a cute lip sync. Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. Loved it. Loved the song. Thought Morphine really ate down. She killed it. Tsunami was cringing me the heck out because she was being the girl being like come on dance with me dance with me like let's dance together let's do it together and Morphine so clearly was like yeah girl I love you but come on girl like we're supposed to be against each other like let go of me like her picking up her rose being like here you go girl I liked that they kissed during it that was cute Morphine was good at being like balancing okay girl I'm gonna entertain you but I'm also gonna send your ass home but I was I knew that bitch morphine could fucking dance i just knew it i feel like a lot of people would think that she's just a pretty girl that stands around but i knew that she could like split and twirl she was yeah she looked beautiful doing it when she ripped off her skirt like so effortlessly that and was just in like the red corset and panty i was living i was like yes morphine morphine is my girl she's the one for me I know she hasn't done anything yet to be, like, good, but, oh, I think, she, oh, and no, she's gonna go home next week because it's a design challenge. Oh. 
I don't know. I love that girl. I think she's so funny. I think she's so pretty. And I just think she's a good drag queen, okay? All right. So now we're at the we're at the top eight. My top four prediction are Plain Jane, Q, Nymphia, and Safira. That's like, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty clear to me. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Plasma could be up there. I would maybe swap out Plasma and Plain. But I don't know. Plain Jane's just doing so well. The episode Plasma goes home on, I'll be, like, kind of upset. Because I like that girl. I like her a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Again, enjoying this season. It's kind of, That last episode was a little, like, It's Now we're at the part... I said that at the beginning of the season, I was like, they don't, they're not, they're not holding our hand anymore. All the, the gloves are off. And then that, the next episode, it was all predictable since then. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore. It was just cause Mirage went home and I was like, oh no. Yeah. Anyways, I saw funny check off at Wagner, uh, on Saturday. Congratulations to you. If you were in it and you're listening to this great show, very funny. Well done to all of you. I look forward to coming back for me and my girl because I'm going to be there too. So, yeah. Well, anyways, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. It was good to just kind of let all of that pent-up energy out. I don't know if I really said anything meaningful at all, but that's often how I feel at the end of this. No, Hunter. Be confident. Have value in the things that you do for yourself, okay? And for others. This is This is art. I am making art. Anyways... Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful week, and I will see you next time. Bye!